Hi there. Christ for Youth International exists to grow youth in fellowship and in honor of our Lord. To be like well-nurtured plants and pillars to adorn. So we can reach out to our generation with the principles of Christ's leadership. Welcome to the Ahava Dantuman Podcast. We hope you are blessed as you listen to this message. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's take our seats in His presence. Amen. It's good to worship Jesus. Amen. It's always good. When I come here, I give the late comments a chance to also worship. Amen. Right. So tonight, this month is. Um, we're talking about leadership, right? Yeah. Right. So, um, I think I've, I don't think I've said everything. The one person might say I said, yeah, said everything about leadership is John C. Maxwell. But as I said, he's so preaching, so nobody can say they've said everything about leadership. But um, the previous years, we've, we've, we've preached, and uh, as Jesus tarries, we're still preaching. And still calling men and women to God's leadership mandate. Are you in the house? Okay, so I want to share something. Um, I'll find a way of uh, bringing in leadership. Not find a way, but it will be there. But this is a message that blessed me. Um, by one of my mentors. So, I kind of fitted it for this month, are you in the house? Which will hopefully tie in, and I pray that at the end of the day, some of you will live here with a burden on your heart to rise to um, doing something. Look at your neighbor and tell neighbor, you have to do something. You have to shake your neighbor and say, neighbor, you have to do something. You have to, you have to do something. Let's open our Bibles to Ecclesiastes 1. One to six. Right. Um, right. There is a season. A time appointed for everything, and a time for every delight and event or purpose under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw away stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up as a lost, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear apart and a time to sew together, a time to keep silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What profit is there for the worker from that which is, which from that in which he labors? I have seen the task which God has given to the sons of men with which to occupy themselves. Verse 11. 
He has made everything beautiful and, appro- and appropriate in its time. He has also planted eternity, a sense of divine purpose. He has also what planted eternity, what a sense of what divine purpose. Some a sense of divine purpose in the human heart, a mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God. Yet man cannot find out, comprehend, grasp what God has done. So it's a world plan from the beginning to the end. Are you in the house? Someone say time. Someone say time. Time. We all live in time, right? Our progress is measured against time. Oh, you're in class. You are, you are, you are 10 years. You should be in which class? Class 5. <laughs> or class 3. Hmm. <laughs> class 6. Hmm. Okay. Okay, so you're in SS1. You should be in which you are, you are, you are 17. Which form should you be in? SS2. SS3. Okay. Whichever the thing is, <laughs> our progress is measured against time. Because time is the measure of our days. Time is the measure of our days. And by which, at the end of your of your life, people are going to measure to also see what progress you have made, what profit you have brought into time. Does it make sense? Okay. So whenever we're looking at time, often there's a way we look at time, and that is right now it's seven. From seven is going to be what eight. From eight is going to be what. From nine is going to be ten. So that's chronological. That's chronological timing. So. It's, it's a progressive, it's more linear, it's more one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And then we are looking at time in that form. Are you in the house? So often time, or often, we look at life in that way. But the Greeks knew that if you look at time in that sense, you may not be able to define or justify time usage or you may not use time well when you look at time just like that. So there's an extra definition, not that I wouldn't say extra, but there's, there's, there's uh, um, for lack of better word, we can say extra definition of time, which is called the Kairos, which is called Kairos. Someone say Kairos. Someone say Kairos. Uh-huh. Now, Kairos is different from chron- chronology, chronological time. Kairos is what is, is, is defined as more what, one, the set time. The set time. Are you in the house? So, for instance, um, when Mr. Povey said, There was a time in his life when he said, it's time that I get married. Ah. It wasn't talking about 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock. But he was saying that this is 
the moment or the season in my life that the marriage agenda must be fulfilled. Are you in the house? Uh-huh. So that's what is called um, Kairos. It's also the appointed time for something to happen. It's the appointed time for something to happen. And in all of our lives, there are these appointed times that certain things must happen. Are you with me? Uh-huh. There are these times that certain things must happen in your life. They must show forth in your life. There's all, the uh, Kairos moment is also defined also as the chosen time. In a sense, it means that when two or three or four gather together and it works in your favor, you choose to allow something to happen. It's also the chosen time. Does, does it make sense? Uh-huh. And then also we have what is called the decisive time for an action. The decisive time for an action. So all these come to play to define Kairos moments. Kairos moment is time when uh, is, is time when things are brought to focus. Like I said about the marriage, you bring some things to focus. Somebody said, "Okay, this time of my life, I want to go and do my masters." It means that he's bringing what is masters or education in focus. Does it make sense? Yeah. Uh huh. It is also the opportune or seasonable time. The opportune or seasonable time. The opportune or seasonable means that when you look at the way things are, you realize that, look, this is, from what is happening, I must take this action. Do you get it? Uh-huh. The way my father has money, my mother has money, they are just trying to do project here and there. It's time for me to go and do my master's because there's money at home. But when you don't see the, the right season, and you let them spend all the money, and you come to them and say you want to be, they, they, you, you'll be met with insult. <laughs> because you didn't see the opportune time for you to do what you needed to do. Does it make sense? Uh-huh. So, look at your neighbor next to you and ask your neighbor, can you recognize your Kairos moments? Oh, shake your neighbor and ask, can you recognize your Kairos moments? Uh, hmm. It is possible to be in your Kairos moment and not know. It's very possible to be in your Kairos moment and not know. How is that possible? If you don't understand the times, nor the season for purpose. When you don't understand the times and the season for purpose, you can be in your Kairos moment and you would not know. For instance, youthful stage is a time for learning. One, because it is said, I've heard it said that you cannot, treat, you cannot teach an old, dog, uh, an old dog a new trick. Have you heard it before? Yeah. Learning new trick when you are old is difficult. Very, very, very difficult. Because life, married of life's issues come together. When you see an adult walking in here and there, look. <laughs> You don't know what is in their head. Look, I'm telling you, like the computer, the motherboard is overworking. It's loaded with issues. 
is so slow when information goes inside it takes forever to for it to how do you call it process it those days where you had uh, machines i mean people did come and meet uh, a computer a computer with a disc the disc a floppy disk yeah sometimes you 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 push it in and then and it just goes <laughs> it's loading and sometimes it's just loaded. Ten minutes away, it is loading. You can't tell whether. And those days, I think it has I have virus. So you can't tell whether it's a virus or whatever. But it's loading. Look, some old people, their machine, their head is loading. It's been loading one thing for two years. It's still loading. How do you teach an old person a new trick? The person who has the ability to learn new trick is young people. So look at the one next to you and tell the person, your Kairos moment is passing. Shake your nose. Kairos moment. Tell the person to learn what you need to learn. Tell the person to learn what you need to learn. Your opportune time to learn. You'll be there. And tell yourself, I don't read books. I don't like books. I don't like learning. Oh, be serious. Catalyst Saturdays. You are going for party. You are going for funeral. Kojiemo. <laughs> You don't have seminars. You don't remember the last time you went to a seminar. You don't remember the last time you went to an environment where new thing is being taught. You don't remember that. And you're a young person. Hey. Okay. Are you in the house? When you don't understand times and seasons, you miss your carousel. Number two, when you fail to prepare. You fail at preparation, you miss your Kairos moment. Because the Kairos moment, like I said, it's a chosen time. You are able to make good choices when you are prepared. Number three, when you lose your expectation for something great to happen. Sometimes, the challenge of life can bring you, especially young people, can bring you to a place where you don't have any expectation for anything big anymore. You live as the day brings itself. One day at a time. It comes, I receive. I don't get, fine. So even when an opportune time for you to step up to another level, you can pick it because there's no expectation. You're not looking for it doing anything. You're not looking for life to change. You're not looking for life to become better. You're not looking for life to become greater. As you said, for us as Africans, when we look at our leaders and we look at things that happen all around, I mean, every time I go on social media and things, I can see how a lot of young Africans are losing their expectation of a better tomorrow. Every day they are casting off their their expectation. They are throwing it away. Hmm. Are you in the house? Hmm. Thank you. The Bible says that he, God, has made everything beautiful in its time. And he has also set eternity in the heart of man. Are you in the house? Hmm. There's a particular generation in the Bible Jesus talked about. Um, Matthew 11, 16 to 17. Matthew 11. Let's look at them.
Jesus said, but to what shall I compare this generation? <laughs> Are you in the house? It is like, it's like children sitting in the marketplaces. Who call to others and say, we pipe the flute for you. Playing weddings. <laughs> and you did not dance. We wailed. And you did not mourn. And cry aloud. Hallelujah. This generation is what you call the indifferent generation. They are indifferent about anything. Play a, a song that they should, they should dance, they don't dance. Nothing moves them. Maybe they are the generation that has been beaten down by the previous generation. Like Africans, their successive presidents or leaders or governments have failed them. So now nothing moves them anymore. So when you beat the drums of leadership, beat the drums of leadership, there's something kind of, oh, ah, enkosifi. Yatiabre. So they become indifferent to anything. There's money here. Oh, the, the leaders and their, their, their families will go and chop the money. There's an opportunity here. No, I don't know anybody. Hey. I mean, I'm not talking about the house. Ask your neighbor, have you joined the indifferent generation? <laughs> Some people are the class prefect of the indifferent generation. Class president. <laughs> Nothing moves them. Let's not expect anything so that we don't get disappointed. Jesus was not happy about this generation. What do you other than me? Because then when God shows up, you will be indifferent to God. As a matter of fact, when you look through the Bible, there were many times where great things were happening, but the people around them could not see. They did not recognize the appointed time. They could not see their deliverance. Why? Because they were indifferent. Am I making some sense? In Ghana and Africa and all over, there's one problem that we all know. That is our problem. That is called bad leadership. Bad leadership. Bad leadership is the reason why there are plenty of spiritual activities. <laughs> because I went to, I went to a certain country. The leadership is good. Mm. And you didn't, you, I'm telling you, you don't see plenty of spiritual activity. <laughs> hey, I'm not talking about the house. Yeah. We know leadership is our problem. But yet, here's the thing. It's one thing to know your problem. And it's another thing to recognize when God is moving. Because the negativity and evil is easy to recognize than when God is doing good. Look, negativity is louder than good. Far, far louder. Far, 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 far louder. Trust me. In this world, the good that men have done, there are lots of men who have done great good, but it's not as loud as the evil that the world is out there. Why? Because they say, well, evil sells faster than good. 
So I'm saying that it's easier for you to join the bag wagon of it is not working, it is difficult, it's impossible, that we are dying, no, life is not going anywhere, we are not this thing, nothing, there's no hope for the this thing. Bibi Nikwa be here we are saying. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but it makes for a better song than even when you are saying you are saying that everything is okay. <laughs> Recently, one of our brothers have done a song. What he said? Of course, I was. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. And that line has gone everywhere. Of course, I. Who know? And everybody say. <laughs> We all, eh, 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 evil. Good seems boring. Good seems unattractive. Hallelujah. But when you read the Bible, the Bible makes us understand that even when sin abounds, there's a promise of God's word that says grace abounds the more. Oh, I'm not making some sense, somebody. Hallelujah. Let's give God some glory. Amen. So. I choose to believe that even in this time of great difficulty and evil and challenge, there is still a move of God. There's still a move of God. There's still grace. There's still God's provision. There's still the hand of God. The question is, will you be able to recognize God is moving? Will you? In church history, Catherine Coleman is one of the people who recognize one lady with so much anointing. That's one word. But he will tell you that his anointing is from that line. But can you believe that? I read a book. I don't know what I believe in miracles. So one, of his, one of the books. One of her books. Where, for instance, here, you have people travel all around the world and come into an environment where there's so much grace being um, working through a lady. And people are coming for their healing and deliverance. Yet there were people that were staying close in proximity, but they never came. <laughs> Great move of God. So close to them, but they never came. Why? Because they couldn't believe that God could use a woman. On top of it, to a divorcee. No. That ends God. So I, I'm just, I just, I just bring your mind to the fact that you can be close to something that God is doing, but because you are not looking for it, you won't see. Hey, am I making some sense to somebody? You won't see. I believe that one of the great anointings that is available in in the church has always been there, but I believe that uniquely is an anointing that God is going to express or is expressing in our time, especially for us as Africans, personally, I believe, is a leadership anointing. Hey. Hallelujah. Because that's our greatest problem. It's a leadership anointing. When Jesus came, his first act, one of the key, key acts of his, um, um, of one of the key acts of his, fulfilling his ministry, is to select leaders. That was the first thing Jesus did. He, he went about selecting leaders. He said, you come. You come and follow me. And I will make you. I will make you. What we called servant leadership. So for you, those of you who have been are following Jesus, or you've been coming for the last five or four years or three years, I want, I want to ask you, what kind of anointing, what kind of calling do you think is upon your head? 
Oh, I want you to ask your neighbor next to you. Which one? Which one is upon your head? Or oh, you haven't received you? Oh, shake your neighbor. Ask you. Well, which anointing is upon your head? Or which grace is upon your head? Oh, shake the person and ask them which one is upon your head. Oh, they haven't received anything. If you haven't received today, come. I'll lay hands upon you. You receive. <laughs>